the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. It is indeed the Bob France Authority. Good morning. On this Wednesday, the fifth morning of the sixth month of the year of our Lord 2019, a reminder to begin the hour as I began the program that tomorrow being the official 75th anniversary of D-Day, the beginning of the end of World War II due to the momentous sacrifice made by uh, United States and Allied soldiers who stormed the beaches uh, of France in order to um, eventually liberate Paris and make their way to Berlin to end the war. Uh, we have a couple of really, really big plans for you tomorrow. Number one, we are going to talk with Bill Federer. Bill Federer is, again, uh, one of the best historians working today, and he gave a tremendous slideshow presentation last month at the Ohio Christian Alliance Spring Banquet, uh, Freedom Banquet. It was an amazing thing as we tried to raise money for the uh, uh, the addition of the D-Day Memorial Prayer as read uh, to the nation by FDR uh, on the eve of the invasion uh, that we are going to have added that Chris Long, the president of the Ohio Christian Alliance, uh, this is his baby, this is his passion project, that we're going to have added to the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. It's got to be funded, and it's got to be done by 2021. There's $3 million that need to be raised, and uh, uh, we're doing everything we can with the Ohio Christian Alliance to help that happen. So uh, Bill Federer gave a tremendous slideshow presentation, lasted about 20, 25 minutes, um, detailing the role that faith and prayer played in the... Uh, the entire war effort, but in particular the effort of D-Day and uh, that momentous occasion. And um, I've asked him to pare that down to about 10 minutes and do an audio version because we can't do slideshows on the radio. And he said, absolutely, he will be in D.C. at the World War II Memorial tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock when he calls and gives us that amazing history lesson about the power of prayer and the role of faith that was played in the uh, defeating of tyranny 
and um, uh, the uh, Nazi regime. So uh, that's coming up tomorrow. Also, Congressman Jim Jordan will be on tomorrow to offer his retrospective on D-Day and what that day means to us today. Uh, we will, of course, try to carry as much live as we can as well on the program of the actual ceremonies that are taking place on the beaches of Normandy. Um, it is just a... Uh, it is just going to be a very special time, the 75th anniversary in commemoration of the sacrifices made in the interest of freedom. So that will be all a part of tomorrow's show. I bring that up only because today, you may think that today's D-Day, because they're having all of these events going on right now in England and in the U.K., uh, Queen Elizabeth meeting with, uh, and not meeting with, but presenting along with President Trump and others, um, uh, prayers and passionate speeches uh, in support of uh, the memories of those who fell and gave their lives and those who survived it and were able to help liberate uh, the world, essentially, from the Nazi threat. Uh, but they're doing all of that today in the U.K. a day early because they're going to have actual events in France tomorrow. So that's uh, what's going on for tomorrow's program, and I welcome you to be a part of it. 216-901-0945, Social media, I'm adding a third, as I mentioned, Facebook and Twitter, find me at France Radio, all one word, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio. But if you have uh, already followed the conservative path toward Parler, P-A-R-L-E-R, another social media platform, I am there as well. I have not yet posted on that site, but I will. And I'll try to share everything that I share with you via the other two social media uh, liberal censorship platforms I'll try to do on the conservative supporting and free speech platform of Parler. So make sure you try to check that out as well. All right, let's start the hour with some phone calls. I have a number of other stories I want to get into, and I have some audio that I want to share with you regarding the issues we've already discussed today. But I want to get Jeff in Beechwood up. He's been waiting patiently, and you're now on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Jeff. Go ahead. Yeah, Bob. Um, I don't understand why the, uh, our side, the Republicans, the conservatives, fail to make the moral issue in every argument. For example, we're talking about the cost of tariffs. Uh mm-hmm because of this uh, issue, while the Democrats, you know, paint this picture of these poor, down, downtrodden people that we have to have pity for, and all we're thinking about is, you know, money, whereas we're not talking about the cost. When these people bleed into our country, we see them in in these large groups when they first come in, and then they're released, and we forget about them as if they're not here anymore. What about the cost to the towns and cities where these people are ending up, to the schools where these children are? Are, are interrupting and, in, and getting, uh, you know, uh, ruining the education possibilities for our own citizens' children, for the hospitals that are being taken up, for uh, the diseases these people may be bringing because they're not vaccinated. It's not like we don't like them. It's not like we're racist, which the left tries to make us out to be. But there is a cost, and we never seem to make that point to take the moral high ground. If we're going to win elections, with, especially with young people and millennials, we have to make moral cases, because that's what gets them. They think socialism is moral. They don't think beyond that. Uh, they don't see all the negative effect. We need to make the moral. And the sad part is, we have the argument. The truth is on our side. We have to, you know, Tom Soul says, the, you know, the conservative economists, always look at, at what cost, right? You want to have a program at what cost? What is the cost of this? We let these people in, forgetting even about, electoral, um, you know, uh, effects down the road when they're, le- they're allowed to vote. I'm forgetting about that. But all the costs that... I- I'd like somebody to be following the story. What's happening to these people once they're released into this country? 
Well, where, how, um, where are they? They're just damaged. Well, well, first of all, I mean, two things. Number one, uh, I understand your point. I don't necessarily agree with it, though, wholeheartedly. In that, I do hear a lot of people, conservative people, including myself, um, shouting that from the rooftops, uh, the moral issue here, talking about the number of, of legal immigrants in this country and American citizens in this country, particularly minorities who pay the price when it comes to losing jobs to illegal immigrants coming here to work under the table for pennies on the dollar, losing, uh, as you point out, uh, some of their uh, the other resources that are soaked up by the illegal immigrants here when it comes to education, when it comes to health care, uh, when it comes to subsidization, from our tax dollars for their places to live and so on and so forth. Um, I think we shout that pretty loudly for the most part, and we do it from a position of moral clarity, not because we, as you said, are bigots or racists against the illegal aliens who are here, but because we are trying to look out for the people who are here mm-hmm. legally who are suffering because of those costs. The second response well, I would have as far as where are they that's the problem. You can't put ankle monitors on every illegal alien who comes into this country and find out where they are. Um, you know, this is the problem of catch and release. Once they get here and once they are told they have to report for a court hearing on their uh, application to be here or their asylum claim to be here, we know that they're pretty good at just disappearing into the shadows and living in, uh, like I said, living mm-hmm. off the grid, pay, getting paid under the table, you know, obtaining phony identifications or whatever else that they have to do to, to get here. And mm-hmm. so we can't find them. It's not for lack of desire. It's not for lack of, well, no, of effort either. Sure, it no, is no, just no. a matter of, you know, it's, it's, it's in a population of 325 million people with thousands of illegals coming in all the time every month. Uh, you know, it's it's pretty easy for them to hide from authorities who are going to try to ship them back. I, I wouldn't disagree with you. I don't think we're disagreeing, actually, except maybe it's the amount of emphasis that's put on the stories. I hear a lot more uh, you know, coming forth and saying it's hurting our businesses and our farmers. And I don't hear them talk about it's hurting our municipalities and our police uh, uh, departments and our schools and our hospitals um, and just our citizenry and our civil society. The kind right. of society that we walk out on the street, these people are coming from very violent countries, you know? And, oh, yeah. Uh, a lot of times that's how they solve their problems. So I think well, of course they are. Things, violent countries and impoverished countries and disease-ridden countries. And this is not yeah. an insult. This is not to say everybody who comes here illegally has disease. Right. We're not trying to... Exactly. You know, to but, but the truth is, I mean, there are nations that are still dealing with Ebola. African nations that are dealing with Ebola, and we have video of people from those nations getting into Central America and then crossing eventually up through Mexico to the United States. Uh, so they're bringing deadly disease, not all, but in some cases that we have to be aware of. And that's not amoral, or no, I'm sorry, it's not immoral of us to to highlight that and say these people can't be allowed in, and if they are, they do need to be quarantined, uh, and and we cannot allow to have the you know the spread of of infectious diseases in the United States, which by the way is already happening. Exactly. Any, anything I, else for so me, Jeff? That's all I'm saying. We need to make the point more. I guess that's only because I don't hear it much. I hear a lot more other other parts of the story, and the highlight is we are the the mean guys uh, because we don't want to take people in. All right, Jeff, I, I, I appreciate the phone call, my friend. You know, I I, I, I want to hit something here just because we stumbled upon it uh, about the infectious diseases. Uh, if you're not paying attention to uh, the, the problems, for example, in Los Angeles, uh, you need to be, and, and you need to share this information w- with your friends. Los Angeles has become essentially a Petri dish 
for some of the worst diseases all kind of you know all kind of mixed up into one los angeles and by the way, this is also happening with the serious human health crisis in San Francisco, the health crisis in Seattle, where these places, these city streets are flowing with human waste and with drug needles and so on and so forth. Um, it is very, very dangerous. It is very dangerous just from a health, forget about the moral part of it, forget about all of the, just from a health standpoint. But the story uh, is starting to circulate that Los Angeles in particular has been overrun with cases of typhus, tuberculosis, and researchers are now investigating bubonic plague? Welcome to Hollywood. No joke. All of these far-left cities that, that have you know essentially opened their arms to the illegal aliens and to the um, uh, migrants, to the asylum seekers, and so on and so forth, and yes, thus to some of the disease-ridden coming in from other countries, as well as, of course, the gang members who want to prey on uh, innocent people, including other immigrants. But um, it, it, this is from uh, Founding Fathers Daily, a report that was also run in the actual Los Angeles Times. I'll let you know the liberals are even reporting on this, too. Heaps of festering trash littering the streets of L.A. Not just around the infamous Skid Row, but throughout the uh, rapidly gentrifying urban core, which is supposed to be a glorious leading indicator of America's allegedly high-density future. The homeless have all but uh, set up all but permanent encampments, encampments, Yet, despite activist claims don't want government shelter, they're mentally ill, many of them are hooked on drugs, they can't or won't lead functional lives, and there's no end in sight. And now, again, we're talking about literal, um, the spread of, of literal infectious diseases at levels that are going to find its way into the mainstream areas of those of that city and of those cities. Like I said, San Francisco as well. The mayors of all of these failing metropolises, these giant liberal cities, um, are all you know of the same mindset, and you could go ahead and go to the Midwest and say the same thing in Chicago to a little bit of a different degree, but it's there, not to the level of California, LA, uh, in, in the West Coast, and, and like I said, Seattle, Portland is another one, uh, San Francisco. All of them have the same thing in common: liberal, progressive uh, leadership that are essentially incentivizing illegal aliens to come to their sanctuary places, and they're bringing with them diseases, drugs, crime, and everything else that the president warned about. By the way, that made him public enemy number one to the left when he came down that escalator in 2015 and said, I'm running for president, and immediately talked about building a wall to try to keep out all of the drugs and the rapists and the criminals and the smugglers and the gang members and so on and so forth. And immediately he was called a racist for saying those things are happening. Uh, they are happening. And even the Los Angeles Times, like I said, they are acknowledging as much now. Uh, let me get a quick time out because it's 1022. Back to your phone calls after this. WHKRadio.com is where to find the Bob France Authority podcast. All right, 1027 short segment here. I want to squeeze another call or two in before the bottom of the hour. We are guest-free until 11, by the way. So if you don't get on this segment, don't hang up. We'll get you on next segment. I promise. TJ in Cleveland is up. Hi, TJ. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, Bob, one thing upset me. When I seen these Brits protesting Trump, calling him a racist, yeah. uh, displaying him as a large float as an orange uh, diaper-clad baby. Yeah. You know, in 1776... You saw that somebody Americans, popped that, right? 
Pardon? You saw that somebody popped that blimp. I that, didn't hear uh, that. Trump no. baby blimp. Yeah, somebody but, somebody but, popped that, and it was uh, you know just as a state. And by the way, I'm sorry, TJ. You can continue your thoughts in just one second. Kudos to Piers Morgan. Remember Piers Morgan, the Brit, used to be on CNN and uh, used to be, you know, and still does, by the way, take the United States to task over gun control. He's a severe anti-gun activist, but he is not just completely without sense. He is apologizing to President Trump and did so personally in an interview and has done so online as well, uh, apologizing for his people, for the British people, for the ones who are protesting and flying the stupid baby blimp and all these other things over there, saying that Trump and the United States states are uh, uh, Britain's and the UK's best friend, and they should not be uh, treating him in such a fashion. So so not all of the numbskulls over there in England are uh, are participating in this protest. There are a lot of people who actually have the president's back. Just thought I'd throw that in there, but go ahead. But no, I'm just saying, how would the Brits like it, like on 4th of July? You know, our early Americans disdained the monarchy. That's why they broke away. Yeah. How would they like it if we marched with blimps of the Queen in diapers? They'd go crazy, wouldn't they, if we showed that kind of disrespect? And I yeah, want to and tell we never Brits, would. No, we wouldn't. And I'll tell you another thing I want to tell the Brits. They want to call Trump a racist? The English are the ones that brought slavery to this, this uh, country. That's a fact. The vast, vast majority of slave owners were English. They weren't Europeans. They weren't Russians. They were English. So don't preach to us about racism and stuff when the English have the very roots of racism and slavery in their DNA, and they're going to be preaching to us. And one other thing I'd like to say, isn't it funny, the president of Mexico now telling we should, it's our right to take in immigrants, a week after the Pope was there telling us we shouldn't build the wall. They're all in collusion to bring this country down, and I'm convinced of that. Well, I'll tell you what, and thanks, TJ, uh, again, and I know it's an overused, cliched phrase, but it's... It is just so counterintuitive for any nation around this globe or any world leader, be it a religious leader like the Pope that you mentioned or a, a, a foreign leader of a government like a president, to try to castigate the nation that has been, and here comes that cliche, the greatest force for good in the history of human civilization. And that's exactly what we have been to try to bring us down when all we have done is aided other nations in every possible way that we can. It's just, um, it's, 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 it's sad, it's reprehensible, and it's something we cannot allow. Thank you, uh, TJ, for the phone call. News Now, back with more calls after this. All right, 1056, final segment of the broadcast on AM 1420, The Answer. Let me get to John and Chardon before we're done. Hey, John, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hey, Bob, thanks for squeezing me in. Yes, sir. Following up on TJ's commenting on the British protesters disrupting our president, I I, um, I wouldn't I would not be surprised if a significant portion of these protesters are those Muslims who believe in Sharia law, which is the opposite of what we stand for in in our country, because today there is a large segment of the British population who are Muslims because of the British open border policies over the years. Um, that's very true. Um, what I would say is I agree with you. I think there is a large, there, I don't know about large because I don't know what the entire population of Muslims is in England. Um, but, uh, the idea that they support Sharia law would not be a surprise at all. After all, if you think about it, 
you know, this is there's a reason they have undergone what has just been considered to be a, an epidemic of knife attacks in that nation, which has outlawed guns. So people are being slashed to death and being shot. As you know, as see, told you we wouldn't have any more murders if we get rid of the guns. Um, but the Muslim gangs and 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 I'm trying to I don't want to describe them just as death squads, but they are rampaging. Uh, 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 Sharia compliant men who feel like they are able to take whatever they want, uh, from women. And yes, that includes everything. They are able to do whatever they want with impunity. Um, this is a result of the open borders policies, not only in the UK, but throughout Europe. Because they're coming through. We know what Merkel hath wrought by, by essentially allowing Germany's uh, borders to be open. And once you have access to one of these European countries, you are essentially getting access to all of them. And so, yes, there are Muslims coming in from Middle Eastern countries, from African countries, who are indeed Sharia compliant and who are indeed imposing their will on uh, so many of the victims in places like England. And yes, in London. And yes, we are talking about the types of attacks uh, that don't need guns. And they are doing it with weapon, or excuse me, with uh, edged weapons. They are doing it with vehicles and more so yeah uh, they are sharia compliant and it's not a surprise to me that they would oppose somebody like donald trump who is the biggest thorn in their side esther's gonna wrap it up for us go ahead esther thanks two different cliches that could be used to contemplate today's subjects the first one is cruel and unusual that amendment that could apply to various subjects especially the innocent babies in the womb and the other one is short-term pain long-term gain that could apply to tariffs and also the horrible sacrifices of d-day Wow, that's uh, very that's 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 very true. That's very true. I apply it, of course, all the time to the tariffs when I talk about that. But you're right, the short-term, unimaginable pain endured and suffered by the heroic allies who stormed those beaches for the long-term gain, which is, of course, uh, peace in the world after the uh, destruction of the Nazi regime. Thank you so much for the phone call. Thanks to everybody who called today. Very big show tomorrow. Jim Jordan tomorrow, Dr. Everett Piper tomorrow, Bill Federer all on tomorrow's program. Stay where you are because Mike Gallagher is next. Bye-bye. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.